Welcome to Black Chicks Bible Study, where we are reclaiming the Bible one book at a time. We're on episode, what, 35? And we've got four more books in the Old Testament. That's nuts. I haven't looked ahead. Are all the rest prophets still? Yeah, we're in. So the last, like, 12 uh, books of the Old Testament are the minor prophets. The minor. Yeah. (laughs) Not starring roles. That's why they only have, like, three and four chapters. It's, they're minor. It's cool that they're um, twelve of them because like the it mirrors. Yeah, we're gonna get into the disciples soon. Ooh. I guess right after that, at the beginning of the New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. From yeah. what I remember. Yeah, right on into it. But yeah, uh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. We'll say. I think Habakkuk. 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 Right. Sounds about it right. It sounds so dirty. I like it. Habakkuk. This is the guy with the least amount of information about him biographically. Like there's no real reference to who he came from, where he came from. They say that the time that is being written about is like, what, six to 700 BC? And he was just some prophet. Some guy. Just some prophet. Just some prophet. Yep. And I'm trying to remember our... Okay. Do you want to go into testimonies? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Nahum was just about a lot of destruction right? uh-huh. and from that I just didn't really have much to take away from it yeah. so I think my takeaway was basically just sometimes there's not anything to take away and that's <laughs> yeah. fine you know, I guess a way I can kind of apply it to my current situation is as you know I'm living in a very hostile <laughs> living situation mm-hmm. I've tried my best I think to make it habitable, habitable uh-huh. by both of us you know, this is someone I've been friends with too, so that makes it a little bit more difficult. But yeah, um, like a long time friend, long time yeah. friend, and so in doing that, I feel like you know I was always trying to preserve the friendship and not mm-hmm. let the living situation really affect that. But at this point, since things have gotten progressively like worse, I'm thinking that. This just might be a situation where I just don't get anything out of it. <laughs> out so, of the relationship. Yeah, out of the relationship, <laughs> except for just leaving it, you know, and leave yeah. it where it was, it was what it was, and I don't necessarily have to take anything with me. The energy, I just, I don't want anything to do with it, so right. that's that, I guess. Well, hmm? even if you're not taking like even if the relationship is completely decimated, you are kind I'm of learning. taking yeah, you're yeah, still taking a lesson from it and what types of dynamics to avoid and how to deal with certain people. So in the end, you'll come out of it with a lot of valuable stuff, but you'll have lost the actual relationship. Say, yeah, is just probably. Yeah. But is that fair to say? I don't know. I mean, Most I likely, there's still some months to go, but I'm pretty certain that this there's point, not going to be a dramatic turnaround. I don't think there will be a dramatic turnaround. And I'm the kind of person too that has a hard time of once I see people a certain way of reversing it and turning it back. So yeah, um, now that I've crossed that bridge, I don't know that I would ever go go back. back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So and you already learned a lesson too of like all that glitters is not gold or however you put it before of like in terms of like moving from your place. So we'll be on the edge of our seats about in a few months or however long it takes. No, you'll (laughs) be alive. You'll live through it. You'll be the stronger for it. But yeah, I wonder what your next place will have in store. I do wonder because never in a million years did I even think I would have another 
roommate right roommate or another place and now i'm about to have oh. like two different places like i thought right. my last place was gonna be it until i get out of this country <laughs> oh yeah because we even talked about it on this podcast it feels like <laughs> yesterday that you just moved in to that <laughs> studio apartment and we were like looking around like wow yeah this podcast has been going on for a while i guess yeah also but like yeah it's kind of surreal to think that that'll change and you do want to go to mexico yeah, anyway yeah, so I maybe do. Yeah, that so, will be the next. I don't know if move. I can get there in the next seven months, though. That's a there's if you have to move though. anyway. Oh yeah, you know that's back. why. Yeah, that's why I'm like I think it's gonna be a little yeah, bit more difficult. Yeah, you're right. Because I can't just travel just a bit, kind of visit and look and see. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's just not the best time to be making an international move. <laughs> Logistically, <laughs> it's a little difficult right now. So, do you yes. know Spanish at all? I do. I know good, and that's part of the reason that I want to move to Mexico is because I think. Living there just like a year or two, I'd be fluent. Oh, yeah. Spanish. Hell, yeah. yeah. Even less than I know that. enough to already to, like, get by. So yeah. if I, like, really was immersed in it, I'm sure I would. That would be yeah. amazing. It's a good, good skill to have. Um, trying to think. So my one from Nahum, there was something about the duality of God and how there was all this acknowledgement of the destruction, the yin and the yang and all oh, yeah. that. And I was just like, I need to not look at life as black or white yeah and not only revere the good side Mm -hmm. i need to like be happy not happy but i need to accept both equally and Mm -hmm. not gripe or complain too much and it reminds me of a previous book too like the seasons thing there's a time for oh yeah life and death and war and everything I guess the past couple weeks, I've had like more dark or low emotions than I'm used to, even though I'm kind of depressive by nature, like chronically. I think going through a major change, which is I'm living alone now, and my ex has moved out, and we're going through a long, yeah, that was a long process of like seeing it coming and preparing for it. I feel like you might have even talked about it in the first episode, maybe. Really? I feel like, I know, yeah. It's always been a topic of like, I didn't really know like when it would happen or how but yeah definitely having that decade-long relationship just completely wrap up so I had thought that I was over all the emotions of it but then like your body kind of if you've been repressing stuff I guess Mm -hmm. can bring stuff up so true over the past couple weeks I guess there have been a few times where I got really emotional out of nowhere just felt it welling up and I was like whoa Mm -hmm. this is what it feels like when you have I guess I hadn't had that feeling before of having so much bottled up and then mm-hmm. come up out of nowhere. And um, now we're like stuck inside too. Yeah. So it's like so you, the things probably happen faster. You have to confront those things probably faster than Yeah. <laughs> but normally. it was this complex mix of emotions of like relief, but also sadness and grief and all this stuff jumbled into one big complicated feeling and like crying and I was sitting and being like all of this feels good right now even though it's terrible and I'm upset Mm -hmm. it feels good that I can still feel things like I'm not dead inside better than being numb (laughs) numb to the world yeah I was just like okay I guess I have to feel emotions I can't completely get around them right this is gonna come out one way or the other I guess I'd rather it come out and me crying and like self-reflecting and having alone time and being emotional that's better than me like going apeshit somewhere and breaking a bunch of dishes one day (laughs) so I tried to sit there and be thankful in a few moments of like, whoa, okay, I'm still alive. I 
feel things. And here I feel, yeah, this is terrible, but this is also part of life. And this is something I'd hoped for for so long. And there's no way around it. That was, I think it hit me what my um, word of faith had been of like, oh, yeah, this is like the the dark side that I'll have countless more of these throughout life. Right. <laughs> and there's no avoiding it. And, and without those, you wouldn't so appreciate happy. the good stuff yeah. when it comes. Kind of recognize the difference. Yeah. got to have both. And yeah. if you get complacent in a situation because you know that confronting it, there's no going back. And that's what had happened to me. I kind of had gotten complacent and comfortable with not confronting it or changing that aspect of my life Mm -hmm. so it felt like okay this thing is finally behind me or done Mm -hmm. I'm still gonna have to work through it emotionally but thank god I'm on the other side of it yeah (laughs) it's gonna take some time yep things could always be worse too yes they can (laughs) always but also still feel your feelings and feel upset and wallow and like you still have a right to feel upset you don't have to be happy all the time right 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 Good vibes only. (laughs) Get out of here. Going into Habakkuk. 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 Um, Maybe there's some kinship there because he's talking about injustice and how long, Lord, must you? Are you going to just let me suffer like this? Where are you? Do something. Help me. Did that chapter one kind of resonate a little bit? It did a little. And then uh, as we got further along, it actually was a little comforting. You know, oh, I'm sure we'll get, get into it. But, um, you know, I felt like the theme of karma came up a little. So it was nice to feel like, oh, like, even though I'm going through this, maybe some good karma will come late. You know, right. it's going to eventually even out and, and be fine. So, yeah, I highlighted that in chapter one, mm-hmm. the verses two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Habakkuk, who is Habakkuk, who is, um, I guess, more uh, straight up with God about he's one of the prophets that's more like realistic or more frank mm-hmm. with his dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. So verses two and three, oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? destruction and violence are before me strife and contention arise i also kind of highlighted some of that too because it kind of reminded me of something i read like years ago i remember that was like floating around the internet that was basically like we ask god like because he's straight up asking god like why are you you know why are you letting all these bad things happen like do something Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the basically the thing that was floating around was like we asked god to get out of our schools we asked god to get out of here and now that he's gone we're like hey why are you yeah where are you why are you letting all this happen and i felt like that's kind of what's going on here like these people are constantly turning away from god and disobeying his laws and like not listening but then when these bad things happen they're like hey what's up you know like why are you letting this stuff happen right you know so i thought that was just kind of an interesting well uh, how do you feel like if we apply it to our own lives when bad stuff does happen or or when you're looking around kind of helplessly like what the hell god like like, how could you let this happen my tendency is to be like what did i do to deserve this but Mm -hmm. sometimes i'm just like oh it's the chaos of like I don't know. Do you ever feel like this is my bad karma? I do for sure sometimes. Or this is me being disobedient spiritually, or I deserve this, or... Sometimes I literally just straight up throw curse or something. Yeah, but like like it's unfair? Yeah, like more... Not that it's unfair that I must have done something in the past, you know, to like 
get it. Not that it's unfair, but it's just like, holy shit, like, what did I do to get, you know, it's it's, it's more uh, feeling personally responsible for it, I guess. Mm. But also, like, not knowing what it was, you know, yeah. not knowing what it was. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like I must have did something that I don't know exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not like I can pinpoint or be like, I never should have told that person they were ugly. And that's why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is how, you know, but it's like what did I do? You know, like, I also think of it as like you were just saying earlier about your takeaway from last week. Like we have to have both. Yeah. That's just just how we're inevitable. Yeah. It's kind of just like if things were, you know, peaceful all the time, would they be peaceful? Because there would be no comparison. I don't know that we would necessarily know the good emotions like joy or Mm -hmm. because we would just be kind of on this line. Which is what they say heaven Mm -hmm. is like, which is like, how can pure ecstasy forever Mm -hmm. be enjoyable? Right. Eventually that would be torture. Yeah. Yeah. But that's easy for me to like when I see these people, I don't know. I don't know if pushing God out of stuff. Like to me, Mm -hmm. they're overly, always overly blaming themselves Mm -hmm. and don't know about weather yet. So everything that happens is like, what did we do? Right. The storm, you know? Right. Um, But I liked this. This Habakkuk guy for um, speaking directly yeah, to God, speaking kinda. back, like, why? How long shall I cry for help? Asking him, why do you make me see wrongdoing? Someone who's like more attuned to it too. I think mm-hmm. I have this preoccupation with things being fair and just, and we don't always live in a fair, just world. So right. there is this feeling of like, why do I have to see this yeah. stuff? Like, why can't I just go along being wicked like right. the carefree people do? <laughs> seriously I guess I kind of like that about him because he is the only one that kind of questions like that like yeah. just very like bold almost like mm-hmm. everyone else is just more like oh I'm sorry lord or da, da, da. but he's like yo what's up like, yeah. what's, what's the deal I highlighted verse 11 mm. it says you know he's kind of talking about the Babylonians and yes. stuff and there's all this imagery of them and then he says then they sweep past like the wind and go on guilty people whose own strength is their god And I just thought that was interesting because it was almost in a sense like people can find God in anything. Like for Mm -hmm. these specific people, like the fact that they have physical strength or like they have all this like warfare strength, like that's their God. They have the God of war almost like that's their God. Even now, I feel like that's how we are. Like we create the God ourselves. Like what is it for us that, you know, like people would say money is their God, you know, like they're very. That becomes their idol. Mm hmm. I'm back in my hard copy of the Bible, and it calls the Babylonians Chaldeans, which I hadn't heard before. Hmm. I was like, is this a whole other group they have beef with? But no, it's another word for the Babylonians. Um, I had 13. Mm. Your eyes are too pure to behold evil, and you cannot look on wrongdoing. Why do you look on the treacherous and are silent when the wicked swallow those more righteous than they? So again, challenging God, asking him. I kind of thought that was interesting too. And it's like the first time too, I feel like someone's telling God about himself. I don't know. I just thought it was a very like, how are you going to tell God what he likes? Like you're saying his eyes can't tolerate wrongdoing. How do you know that? Hmm. Like, you know, and he's like, this is your assumption of God, I guess. You know? Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting because I feel like no one's really necessarily told god who he is in the past yeah. it's more questioning are you a god that does this or are you a god that would let and he's like you're a god that doesn't like to see you know your eyes are, you're so pure <laughs> you're like, too pure yeah. to look at what you're letting happen yeah he's basically calling him out for being complacent or allowing this evil to flourish 
right under his nose, there might be like a little teasing to it of like, your eyes are too pure. Because later on, he talks about like, God bringing destruction. Like they're mm-hmm. very aware of God as a destructive force. So there isn't this idea yet of like, God is too pure and holy. Or if there is, it's like a cognitive dissonance thing, because they have both ideas in mm-hmm. their culture of like, Who God's God too perfect and pure, but also he's destruction and, and powerful and mighty and evil and will dash the infants and all of that. <laughs> Chapter two. So this is supposed to be God's reply because they're in some kind of dialogue. Mm-hmm. So God basically tells him to go grab some tablets and write this stuff down. Because I think the idea is like he's given him this revelation or this prophecy, but it might not necessarily happen right away. So he's like yeah. telling him to write it down so that like when it does happen, see, you got this written record. I told you. Like verse three, he says, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. I just thought that was like funny. He's like, you just wait for it. You Mm -hmm. know, like wait for it. It's coming. Yeah. Mine says, if it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And then I had four and five and six. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Apparently that is a huge, I was reading a little bit about this. This is like a huge thing that Christians took away from the Old Testament from mm-hmm. this book is the righteous live by their faith. Mm-hmm. So it's um, more about like that thing that we're starting to see of like faith being written on your heart and you live by faith and of what is to come and Mm -hmm. not just what you see around you it's like this thing going from the tablets onto their hearts and it's something they carry with them so the righteous live by their faith moreover wealth is treacherous the arrogant do not endure they open their throats wide as sheol like death they never have enough they gather all nations for themselves and collect all peoples as their own Shall not everyone taunt such people and with mocking riddles say about them? Alas for you who heap up what is not your own. How long will you load yourselves with goods taken in pledge? This is God still speaking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of cool because he's saying back, like, have faith, wait on justice, it'll happen. Right. There's a vision, keep believing. (laughs) And also the wicked are not going to prosper. I see them hoovering up all the resources and all the people and using people and just mock and taunt them Mm -hmm. saying like have mocking riddles about the wicked and the rich i think it's funny because yours says that wealth betrays them or what is wealth is treacherous treacherous. the arrogant do not endure mine says wine betrays him wine betrays Mm -hmm. him which is like interesting (laughs) yeah what yeah okay so there's a note that says other Hebrew reads wine. There's mm-hmm. a note at the bottom, like a footnote. Yeah, that's that interesting like, that wine different. and wealth are equated. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could only drink if you had money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's basically saying, like, it's better to be woke, have faith, care about justice, look around and know that justice will come and these drunk, rich people who are yeah. taking advantage, they're not going to prevail forever. Right. It's very hopeful. I like that. They're going to be dumb their own stupor to see it coming. <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea that God is like, everyone should be making fun of those. The woes of the wicked is the heading in my Bible. What is the woes answer? of the wicked. That's why mine is just the Lord's answer. Yours is way better. <laughs> Um, but it's saying, yeah, like, make fun of those people who have no idea what's coming to them. Wine drunk rich people. The wicked rich people, at least. 
Verse 8 says, Because you have plundered many nations, the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood, you have destroyed lands and cities, and everyone in them. And I just like that because to me that was just a very like blatant, like karmic thing. Yeah. You know, like you have plundered many, so you will be plundered. And kind of goes along with that eye for an eye, you know, tooth for tooth type mm-hmm. uh, language. So um i just like the idea yeah that everything comes back around so it's like if you do things with you know malice intent then, mm-hmm. you know those same things will be done unto you at some point and he's still using the babylonians in his plan according to their narrative god is like allowing the babylonians to win, to win right yeah. now but he's saying but you're gonna cut off my people and then the few that i let live are gonna get you back mm-hmm everybody's going through war and disappointment and they have to just have faith that things will be right in the future but in the meantime it goes into again the nature like nature itself crying out Mm -hmm. like in verse 14 but the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the sea oh yeah and in verse 11 the very stones will cry out from the wall the plaster will respond from the woodwork so all of these like nature materials are going to cry out for their creator because the people aren't measuring up Mm -hmm. and that's just a theme i don't know i think it carried into christianity from what i remember and then it goes into alcohol again the drinking thing verse 15 16 alas for you who make your neighbors drink pouring out your wrath until they are drunk in order to gaze on their nakedness (laughs) you will be sated with contempt instead of glory drink you yourself and stagger yeah i thought that was interesting that they're like you use alcohol as a tool to lust after your neighbors mm-hmm. I feel like that is kind of what still happens these days you know people go out and try to get you know people drunk to take advantage of them yep mm-hmm. totally um, and imagine here when we were talking before about like people being especially women being um hoisted up in the town square so people can laugh at their shame and pull up their skirts and like throw rocks right. at them yeah so apparently I mean, I can imagine alcohol is a part of those rituals, too. I like verse 18. He says, Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that cannot speak. I feel like that's just something that just has happened at all times throughout Mm -hmm. history. Like, even if you think about, like, what you learn in history class and stuff, and we build statues to these people. Oh, yeah, like monuments Yeah, monuments for horrible people. (laughs) Like, you know, like rapists and, you know, murderers. And we're, like, building these monuments to them. And it's just, like, but it's all a foundation on, you know, lies. Like, you wanted to immortalize this person. And I feel like that's just how we as humans have kind of navigated a lot of you know the world (laughs) yeah just building idols and there's something i like about it though having humans who kind of transcend and become icons in some way and then building statues i don't think it means that that is a perfect god to be worshipped but i do like the idea of like immortalizing people Mm -hmm. like people who stand out like a statue of martin luther king or even like somebody controversial i still like that there's like some kind of monument of like oh wow greatness that's you know it's like inspiring 19 and 20 alas for you who say to the wood wake up to silent stone rouse yourself can it teach see it is gold and silver plated and there is no breath in it at all but the lord is in his holy temple let all the earth keep silence before him Mm. it really hit me in that just i was thinking oh that i see why they had to 
transition to this, you know, these gods, even when you think back to like the ancient, like the Greek gods and all these characters who were very humanoid and alive, like I kind of, I guess, underestimated how meaningful that would have been at the time because I'm not, I didn't grow up around idol worship or <laughs> where it was like customary to have a god in a Wisdom. wood, like a totem pole that you worship, like that would be really weird. Mm. So that must have left people lacking and feeling like, you know, this immobile dead thing that I've been worshiping, like, why don't we have a more alive human God? And also, I think it's backwards that people now have turned the God of the Bible, or this very alive thing into an idol almost. When people are fundamentalist with scripture, or like, don't let any ideas evolve, and their dogmas very like old fashioned. And, and like, the whole point of this living God was to be living, and now people turn it in, yeah, yeah, and evolve and adapt and grow. But no, that can't happen. So it's like you might as well be worshiping a stone right. if it can't answer anything back that isn't already written in the Bible or something. I don't right. know how to explain what I'm saying. No, no, I think that makes sense. It's true. Very true. It's like you kind of take the humanity out of God. And I the just, spirit and the breath. Yeah, like what they're like, talking about, something teaching. Yeah. Like, There's nothing to get back from it if you're just like, this is what this is. Yeah. And then define it and capture it and put boundaries around it and try to keep it enshrined. It's like, yeah, you might as well carve something out of wood and, you know, right. <laughs> have that be your God. Yeah, that was pretty. I was like, oh, yeah, they needed a relationship. They needed a back Connection. and forth, a dialogue. Like even this book is a dialogue back and forth. Mm -hmm. And they needed that. Yeah, that connection rather than just a pole or a gold or silver <laughs> thing. <laughs> People say that chapter three, which is more of a song or a hymn, is um, maybe wasn't written at the same time and added later. Like there are some manuscripts where chapter three is separate. I mean, they're saying it's Habakkuk and maybe he was one of the Levites, like one of the singer people in the temple. And that's why he included this. I don't yeah. know. I like that verse two where it says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. You get the sense too that during this time, like, you know, the word is spreading and this is like where, yeah. you know, evangelizing and testifying and stuff came from, like, because he's already heard of this, you know, like the word reach me before I even knew you. Yeah, there's this growing sense of the evangelism, sharing their faith, holding the faith inside, and it being a, a cultural thing that they share and spread. It's more um, on the heart and not just these tablets that stay in a temple that are in this one spot in town. It's supposed to like go outward. We're getting that growing sense. It's almost like we're, because when we go to the New Testament, I feel like that's going to be such a jolt. Like it'll be such a jump into a different Society. headspace yeah different mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna jump forward in time and so this is like leading up to that kind of i liked um in verse three and four god came from temen the holy one from mount paran his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise the brightness was like the sun rays came forth from his hand where his power lay hidden the whole thing is just worshiping god but also also saying, like, acknowledging the violent side of God in 12 and 13. In fury you trod the earth, in anger you trampled nations. You came forth to save your people, to save your anointed. So it's like this enduring faith 
and praising God, even though he was just like, hey, dude, what's up? Why are you acting this way? Why is everything so unfair? And then maybe God, him getting that word back of like, just wait, keep your faith. Everything will be fine. He's really like worshiping again. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it's resonating a little bit because just that feeling of like life, you're terrible, but you're also beautiful and awesome. Mm -hmm. And I just hold out for a little bit. I'll get to the bright side Mm -hmm. again. And some of it is really bright and I should revel in that and just praising no matter what. Right. You know, great habit, great practice, inspiring too, to end on this note rather than keep the dialogue going. (laughs) I liked verse 16 where he says, I heard and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity. To come upon people who attack us. Yeah, Yeah. the nation invading us. Um, I don't know. I just like the idea too. It's like, you know, legs trembling, heart pounding. Like obviously he's very anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, and then just looking to the Lord to have that feeling subside. Yep. Um, I'll wait for my enemies to get it. Yep. Just going to wait. Exactly. Yeah. And then I also like, after that, he says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes in the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. Yeah. So like, just, Like you were saying earlier, you know, moving into this idea of having faith. Yeah. You know, even though... Even when there's no fruit. Yeah, you don't see it right in front of you. Just having the faith that, like, it's not always going to be like that. Even though there's no fruit, food or food here now. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to get better. I believe, you know, one day it'll be better. And, you know, even though it's not good right now, like, still being thankful and still praising God, even when physically you may feel like there's not much to be (laughs) thankful for. But... Just still, you know, having that faith and appreciation for, for God. Do you feel like it's a good, I think it's a good, because that isn't always true. It isn't always going to get better mm-hmm. and it could get worse and you could be at like, you could either be at rock bottom and it'll get better or you don't even have any idea of like how much worse it'll get. And this mm-hmm. just feels like rock bottom, but you'll keep hitting new lows. Like mm-hmm. either one could happen as always, any freak accident could happen. But regardless, it's still in our best interest to have faith in life and just Because once you leave assume. faith, then there's not, no point. Why are you alive then? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you have to summon some kind of faith that keeps you going, yeah. that things will get better, even if it's like delusional. Maybe it'll help foster the kinds of actions that would help your life get better. Mm-hmm. It would help to think that it'll get better. Either way, because, like, why dread calamity and fallout? If it happens, it happens, you know? Like, there's no point dreading it. It's hard to live that way. Mm -hmm. Like, a life of faith in general is not easy. Right. Um, Because there is so, so much of the time there is, like, disappointment and nothing to show for your efforts. Just have to keep plowing ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you know, it doesn't get better, and but sometimes do you give up before you even know if it really yeah. got better, too. So it's like, who knows, like, when's the time to stop? <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't think there's ever a time to not think it will get better. Like, that's yeah. just in your best interest, because you don't know. Yep, you don't. So day. might as well. So you might as well, yeah. We could. Exactly. That's <laughs> your luck kind could of turn like, around. The only guarantee it won't is if you just 
give up. Give up. Yeah. So it's like it's just in your best interest to just keep having faith, even if things keep being thrown at you that are like, mm-hmm. nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, no, you yeah. Know? I mean, it's hard, of course, to keep get up after you've been beat down so many times, mm-hmm. but. What is it? Fall down 99, get up 100. Yeah, like fall down nine times, get up 10. Yeah. Get up 10 is a uh, great Cardi B song, by the way. <laughs> so that was um, a short book, and we'll have a few more short, um, short minor profits before we're done with the Old Testament. Woo. Woo. We got to get through the desert of, you know, the rest of the Old Testament. But I just feel this. like the New Testament will be so exciting. Watch it not be what how <laughs> I remember it. The same stories of the Gospels <laughs> are going to be the same stories. Over and over. <laughs> um, but we'll get to compare them and see what, you know, I, I might have more fun researching the New Testament mm-hmm. too because I am more familiar with it. And I just remember it being more interesting than the Old. So we'll mm-hmm. see. What are you taking away from this? I, oh, yeah. Lovely book. Have a cook. <laughs> I do like the dialogue thing and the worship thing, and I do need to tap in. While I was having my emotions and crying and stuff, I was like, man, it was so convenient back when I believed in God, the Christian God, Yahweh, and could pray to him. And it was almost like having a constant companion. I was like, I can still have that. I don't have to call it the same thing. I believe in it more now than I ever did. Just the connectedness of everything and love. And I can tap into that and pray more <laughs> and actually converse you can with just be like, hey, the you. spirit. Hey, you. <laughs> oh, great spirit. Yeah, you can just call it whatever you want. Oh, wise one. You know, my whole thing has been like more meditation, mindful meditation, all that. But I do need to have more dialogue, prayer, intentional. I can just walk around talking and praying and I can do more of that. So that's the reminder is like worship through everything, celebrate through everything that I'm alive every day. Also cry out when I'm in emotional distress. So that will be what I focus on next couple weeks, more prayer. I think my takeaway will be going along with that last part that we just read, Mm -hmm. you know, about you know, even when things aren't great, still kind of rejoicing in the Lord, mm-hmm. kind of maybe tying that in with from the first chapter, how, you know, God was saying that Babylonian strength, that was their God. Mm-hmm. So maybe just tying in that idea too, that like, whatever I need God to be at the moment, kind of make that happen for me, like, mm. you know, and I guess kind of like, you know, earlier this week, I was praying during my grandmother's funeral, you know, and asking her basically to like leave some of her like fighting spirit with me and like oh. give me some of her strength so that I could like oh. get through this really shitty situation that I'm in right now. Mm. And the next day I felt surprisingly light about yeah. everything, honestly. And it made kind of like renewed the sense of like I can get like. Because you shared some of the burden of it. And yeah. Asked, asked her help and felt like lightened the load. Yeah, little. lightened the load. And like it's also like kind of like. I watched Milana recently too. Oh, Milana, so, so good. good. You know the whole thing is like, this is who you are. Yeah, that's why it's <laughs> just like also just you know listening to like the eulogy at like my grandma's funeral and how she you know her parents died when she was a teenager. Mm. You know she raised like seven siblings. She had cancer, came back. She lost her eyesight at one point, got it mm. back. She was in hospice at one point, got out. You know, it's just wow. like, this is the late, this is your genes. You have yes. this in you. So it just kind of like, even though I've been feeling like such a battered, weak kind of like, 
person. I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, I come from a family of fighters. I come from a long yeah, line of survivors. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, fuck that shit. You ain't no shit. Like, fuck you. Like, who are you to yeah. make me feel like, the, you know? And so yeah. just kind of carrying that spirit. And right now I need God to be strength, you know? Mm. So just really honing in on that and, like, finding the strength in myself and what I can do and finding God however I can find it to help me get through this really fucking situation. Yeah. <laughs> situation i'm just gonna like focus on that and be like i have tools i have you know like i have this stuff i just gotta and you have support you have friends yeah. you have resources around you yeah i can just go pulling the positive too, yeah know? man that's so cool like harnessing the power of your mm-hmm. ancestors too and just yeah. remembering what you come from what you have in you and the responsibility you have to like carry your torch right. that was handed down and not let anyone extinguish that you know yeah. I think about that too a lot mm-hmm. with my mom like mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't have to completely die to the world like I can carry on That's what true. she yeah me. like yeah. all these tools and the things I know and certain yeah you could keep practicing that stuff and what you said about god you know the qualities that you need from god and taking that for when you need it is cool because it's cool that the god we're reading about is so multifaceted right and even that part where he's petty and like those mm-hmm. rich people who are drinking in the hills just and just taking just advantage. Yeah. Why don't you have riddles about them? You should be laughing. Like right. you might need some of that too on top of the strength. Like, like let me just laugh at how absurd this exactly. stupid person is who's terrorizing my life. Right. Like, just like, huh, silly, silly goat. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're silly. silly. Like I just can't even take you seriously. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> we do want to say thank you to anyone and everyone listening and sticking with us because we had someone reach out so we know your first name listener but because you chose to be anonymous on your submission we'll keep your identity a secret Um, respect those boundaries thank you for writing in uh this person said i've really enjoyed listening to your podcast i am a christian but definitely don't know everything that the bible has to offer and have never read the whole thing i'm always interested in learning about the bible in a more real way and you both sound like me and my friends talking through the bible with the real questions just trying to figure out what's going on (laughs) and i appreciate that thanks well thank you yeah that was a nice message to receive and we're glad that there are other people out there in similar mind frames and yeah. mindsets about the Bible and just want to know what it says. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, we're, you know, obviously not experts and we're just trying to unpack it. So if you've been patient enough to be on this journey with us, thank you. And we encourage you to read the Bible too and take what you take from it because, um, you know, we're not doing the most literal thorough job of conveying everything. <laughs> we have countless things that have been cut out and Not only like things left on the cutting room floor, but we're also cherry picking and gravitating toward what speaks to us. But of course, that'll be different for everyone. And I think the more Christians who actually read the Bible, the better, because I certainly never did. Indeed. Indeed. And I'm realizing now that this is why the sermons were always the same, because they only read from the New Testament, which is like the last... You guys, of the Bible. if you have not, exactly, if you've not picked up a Bible lately, like, look at how, what a small fraction it's the so New Testament small. is. Yeah. And I never, ever put that together until <laughs> starting to read. But it makes sense, too, because when I was always searching for the verses, it took me so long because I assumed they were much more ahead in the Bible. I would open it at the halfway point and then have to keep yep, up. When I should have exactly. just opened it at the end That's and been true. like, here we go. Here's <laughs> just the appendix of the New Testament, just like the post-it at the end.
But yeah, we kind of at BCBS, we're, you know, nobody's really talking about the Bible right now. So you guys, it's all up to you listeners to spread the word. The Bible's still out there. Keep reading it. Don't let these terrorists from the pulpits, I don't know, prosperity preachers have a monopoly on the Bible. We can all read it. Yeah, we can. Yeah. And we can all pick from it and it doesn't have to be just the Gospels. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, we will be back into Sabbaths. Keep the faith. Keep on trucking. Keep on praying. And quarantine. Quarantine and be safe. Wash your hands. We love you. Come back for more Black Chicks Bible Study.